for sharing and contributing. And it has uh, pretty well echoed uh, <laughs> the words that uh, that I was um, kind of just meditating on and thinking about this week. And I've shared this before, but um, when I was thinking about the heart and how the heart is malleable and it, it transforms. And sometimes we have a hard heart. Sometimes we have a, a soft heart as well. But I can remember when um, Jennifer and I, we were expecting our, our first child and we were living in Meeker and we lived 65 miles from our midwife who was living in uh, Glenwood Springs. And at this particular time, so it had been about 26 years ago, I'd like to say that we were young or younger for sure and beautiful and healthy and energetic. And along with that, we were also, I would use the words, very overconfident in the rightness of our opinions. <laughs> and so <laughs> that lended, lended itself to a lot of uh, disagreement. And so on a car trip to Glenwood Springs uh, to meet with our midwife, and Jennifer was going to get her very first sonogram. So it was a really special moment on that car trip about an hour and a half trip, we started squabbling for the entire trip down to Glenwood, 65 miles. And when we arrived at the, at the nurse's office where the midwife was, Jennifer, she just hopped out of the car before I could even turn it off. And we walked in separately from one another. Our hearts were irritated and distant towards one another. We went into the nurse's office and Jennifer laid down on the, on the table and she asked, she said, well, how are, how are you two doing today? And of course we said fine with our best smiles, but we also said it very curtly while looking away from one another there. And I remember distinctly the, the nurse putting that, that gel on Jennifer's belly and then she was starting to look for the, the baby's heartbeat and pointing out different things that she saw in the developmental process of that, of that child. And the nurse said to us, she goes, and she kept looking and looking and looking for this heartbeat. And she said, I know it's here somewhere, but I, I can't seem to find it. And even though she was trying to appear calm, we, we could hear the concern and the fear in her voice. And despite our, our frustration with one another, Jennifer and I, we instinctively just reached out and we grabbed each other's hands and we waited. And our hearts tightened up. And so what does it mean to have, to have heart as you, as you all mentioned here? And Jesus says, happy are the pure in heart. And I always wonder about that word pure. What does it mean to have a pure heart. And our United Methodist Church slogan is open hearts, open minds, and open doors. And there's disagreement about what does it mean to have an open heart and an open mind. And as we know, life happens and we disagree and we get upset with one another. So how do we keep our hearts open and pure to receive the grace and that wisdom of Christ? And when, if ever, do our hearts become hard or closed? And is it possible for our hearts to be renewed and reconciled as well, to take heart? <clears throat> Brennan Manning, he wrote a wonderful book called uh, Abba's Child. And he says, the heart is traditionally understood 
as the locus of emotions from which strong feelings such as love and hatred arise. So both of them can come out of that heart from our hearts. It's just strong feelings. And we love to sing songs about the heart, like change my heart, oh God, make it ever pure, or create in me a clean heart, oh God, which is one of um, Dana's favorite songs. She's the one that actually introduced me to it. And so our hearts hunger for connection and renewal and intimacy. We can say someone has a kind heart or they have a gentle heart and we're drawn to them and just how we can feel at home and at ease with them. And we can be lighthearted, which is kind of like footloose and fancy free. We can laugh very easily. We don't take ourselves so seriously. And from time to time, we can also be heavy hearted, where every step just seems like a drudgery, where it might be difficult to move. And we just have this heaviness in our heart. And we can be broken hearted from loss, from death, or the end of a relationship. And Emily Dickinson, the poet, she wrote a line that says, His heart was darker than the starless night. Love to be able to write one line like that in my life. <laughs> His heart was darker than the starless night. And when you think about it, that's a pretty scary image of a person there. And one of my favorite movies of all time is Places in the Heart with Sally Fields. And in this movie, it celebrates the ability of our hearts to reconcile all things. And there's that beautiful scene at the end of the movie where all these divergent groups, they've been fighting and they've actually been death. And they all come together in the church and they receive communion together as one. And their hearts are reconciled. When our hearts are full, life is good. And our cup overflows. And when sadness and grief and division may overwhelm us, our heart aches. But this too shall pass that we can have communion again someday. And of course, we remember Jesus's great commandment, which asks us to love God, to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts, all of our minds, and all of our souls. And the metaphoric and symbolic heart is present in all aspects of our lives. Manning says the heart is a symbol that we employ to capture the deepest essence of who we are. It symbolizes what lies at the core of our being, and it defines us irreducibly who we are. And our creator spoke through the prophet Jeremiah, and he said, deep within them, I will plant my law, writing it on their hearts. So what is the deep essence, <clears throat> our true essence in our lives? What is our core, which lies within our heart? And this takes, I think, so we get a really good image of the heart in this scene between John and Jesus. And the words say the disciple Jesus, the disciple that Jesus loved, <clears throat> was reclining next to him. And John leaned back on Jesus's breast. John lays his head on the heart of God. He just puts his head right there on Jesus's 
chest. He rests his head on the, the life force in the heartbeat in the grace of Christ. Manning says clearly John was not intimidated by Jesus. He is very comfortable and at ease with him. And think of how much trust that we would need to lay our head on someone's chest and how vulnerable that would be for us to do as well. And how does Jesus respond to John's trust, his vulnerability? Jesus lets John listen to his heartbeat. It's a very incredible, heartwarming moment in image. And I always imagine Jesus <clears throat> wrapping his arms around John, very much like a mother holding a newborn infant close to her. And we can see the tenderness of God. We can maybe feel the heart of God. Manning says, John comes to know. Comes to know Jesus in a way that surpasses mere cognitive knowledge. The heart speaks to heart in an intuitive way beyond the intellect. We've all had those moments where we experience a deeper knowing. And it's intuitive and we just feel that, that presence of the heart. And I believe that this particular moment for John is a life transformative moment. And he knows beyond a doubt that he is loved, that he's accepted, he's forgiven, and he's also restored. And nothing else matters. Just that moment. Feeling that heartbeat. And isn't this what we all want to know throughout our lives? Just to know that we're loved, that we're forgiven, that we're worthy, that we're okay. To feel the heartbeat of God. We're feeling that presence of God through another person. Just to know that we matter and that we're okay. The heart speaks to heart with that pure love. And Blaise Pascal, the, the theologian and the mathematician, he says, the heart has reasons about which the mind knows nothing. The heart speaks a language that we understand intuitively or in a deep way beyond words. And when I moved back to that trip that we made to Glenwood many, many years ago, I can remember clearly how irritated and resentful Jennifer and I were with one another. And our hearts were distant and cold. And I can see that young nurse struggling to find the baby's heartbeat. And she kept searching and searching and searching and she couldn't find that heartbeat. And the fear seized us. And we reached out to grab each other's hand. Maybe it was kind of like that song we sing in church sometimes in moments like these, I sing out a love song. I sing out a love song to Jesus. And as she continued to look to find that heartbeat, we finally heard that very distinctive whoosh. It's so unique, whoosh, <laughs> whoosh, whoosh. 
And we had a change of heart when we could hear that heartbeat. Our hearts changed, that the heart of grace transforms us and our hearts melted into tears of gratitude and joy, literally in a heartbeat. It was a beautiful experience. The heart which is converted from resentment to gratitude, the heart that is converted from mistrust to trust, from unforgiveness to forgiveness, the heart which is converted from hate to love. Manning says that heart is nothing less than a new creation. My prayer for all of us is that as our hearts are continually being transformed and renewed, that just we may take time every day to rest our heads, to rest our thoughts, our burdens, and our joys on the heart of our Creator, that we may listen to the heartbeat which renews us and restores us. Amen.